Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Outside your window may not be great right now, but what if everything was super? Well, that is the case here on the Everything is Super podcast on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here, as always, by Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin! Josh, missed opportunity, my friend, to say what if everything was eternally Uh, super? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because we're doing like some what if cleanup. We're we're starting to look towards Eternals. We're just kind of hanging out on this one. Uh, we we ended up having to take a week off uh, when we said that we were going to be getting you the feedback show after what if. Apologies for that, but we are back. Uh, having a hopefully you made it on the other side of that uh, like three hour long. Uh, Kevin and I, <laughs> alongside so many of our friends, playing as the Avengers in Dungeons and Dragons for a really that was epic so much thing. fun. Wasn't that, that fun? That was so much fun. That, that was, was really incredible. great. I, I've thought about that since we played it. I keep thinking about it constantly, about it was how much fun. fun it was, how it all came together. It was it was really great. We it love it so when a plan great. comes together. Uh, so if you have not checked that out yet, uh, you can listen to it. It's the podcast in the feed right before this one in the Everything is Super podcast feed. Or you can go over to twitch.tv slash dmphilly or YouTube, uh, DM Philly on YouTube, uh, to watch the video version of us playing as Avengers characters. Uh, extraordinarily, exceedingly nerdy in the best possible ways. Like, just an absolutely unbelievably fun time. Uh, so ho- hopefully you enjoy it. We really, really had such a blast. We would love to do something like that again uh, at some point down the line. Um, but when we left What If, we said we're going we're gonna to stop down. We'll take some more feedback. Um, we're also now at this point, Kevin, uh, where we are looking ahead towards Marvel's Eternals uh, coming out in theaters November 5th, uh, 2021, uh, just about a, as we're recording this. Remember, uh, remember the 5th of November. I recall uh, <laughs> the gunpowder treason and plot. Uh, we are, uh, as we're recording this, I think like you know, a full week from right now, you could theoretically be walking out of the Eternals, either because the well, movie ended or because you decided you didn't like it and you <laughs> left. Uh, At this point, 
people are probably watching Eternals, right? Like, is it is it released globally at this point? Or... Uh, it's not in the U.S., but I'm sure that it. Uh, where is Eternals? Is Eternals out out in the world? Out in the world? Now I'm very nervously googling this. Uh, That's I'm dangerous. Gonna... I know. I Pray like for me. I s- uh, I've seen people talking about it. That's why I asked. Sure. I mean, it had it had its L.A. premiere uh, a, a week or so ago. Uh, October 18th was the L.A. premiere. Um, some critics were incredibly uncool with how much they spoke about the movie. We're not getting into any of that here. You're safe. I have like, seen none of it. This good, is why good, I, this is why I avoid. I have, I have. Uh, and uh, if you like, pay attention to any of this stuff. It is likely that you've been uh, 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 something that was intended to be a surprise is on your radar at this point. Um, so just be careful when looking for Eternal stuff if you are trying yeah, to stay that's... like. Really that unspoiled. Is rough. Yeah, it sucks. There was like one, one, one person who like let the cat out of the bag on a thing, and then now like you can't like really put that back in. Uh, so uh, that stinks. Be very careful in your Eternals searchage. Uh, but yeah, reviews are out. Uh, seems like a little bit of a mixed bag on Eternals critically, but I think that also like this is kind of like a, a weird swing of a movie anyway. So I, I, I'm not surprised at all that maybe this is one that's just like sort of like a, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this movie. Uh, but we will next week when we come back on the podcast, uh, it'll be a little bit late because I'm not going to be able to see the movie until the Sunday of opening uh, weekend uh, because I've got some stuff going on. Uh, and won't be able to see it until like Sunday afternoon. So that's November 7th. But the game plan is I'm going to go see it. Kevin will have already seen it at that point. As soon as I come out of the theater, I'm hopping on the microphone. Kevin and I will talk. We will hop off the microphone. We'll edit the podcast. And we'll post the podcast. So Sunday night, November 7th, uh, that evening is when we are aiming to have our Eternals review. Today we'll get into feedback and we'll also do some Eternals preview stuff. That's the plan. You know, it's it's really interesting on the Eternal stuff that you just hit, right? Like, I'm, I haven't gotten spoiled, but I do know, yeah, there's been, like, mixed stuff about it. I feel like more than I've heard about, like, previous Marvel films. It feels like people are just like, this is a Marvel failure. I feel like one thing I heard, and I was just like, Jesus, what? What happens in this yeah. movie that people are, like, so dismissive of it? And... Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's a weird one. Um, because I know like when we've talked about it before, we've talked about the trailers didn't do a lot for me that first one. Uh, and the only reason I kind of got into the second one is because I have my own theory about what's gonna happen. Uh, which you know w- we have learned nothing about theorizing on the Marvel stuff. No. What could could come from that? No. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's odd. This is an odd movie, right? Like, it's not just me. This is this is an odd one for Marvel. Yeah, just don't even mean yes. what it's like, w- what the, the 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 history of it. I just mean like its existence is weird. I don't know. It's it's totally odd. Yeah, definitely feels odd. Uh, I mean, I have to say that like my my like. Uh, like I keep kind of forgetting that this like maybe now it's a little more on my radar, but like I kept kind of forgetting that this movie was coming out. Um, like I kept kind of just like being like, oh yeah, Eternals. Uh, like it just like feels like uh, almost feels like a dream. You know what I mean? Like something that doesn't like feel like totally real. And but not in like one of those like I can't believe we're here, Avengers Endgame. This doesn't feel right. real. It feels like it feels uh, it feels unreal in that like literal sense of like unreality. You know, like it doesn't feel like something that's that that's happening. 
Um, it's starting to feel a little bit more real, but it is, uh, it is, it is one of those movies that um, is based on like relatively obscure Marvel stuff. Um, I think it was extremely uh, obscure. <laughs> I think it was uh, Richard Newby at the Hollywood Reporter, among other places, who had this tweet about uh, sort of like um, why this movie uh, feels like, at least as like a, a prospect. Uh, I'm, I'm misquoting Richard. I apologize, but I, he had like a little Twitter thread about uh, sort of how Jack Kirby this movie is based on a lot of like Jack Kirby concepts and everything like that with the Eternals. Uh, but but like the actual like creation process, like the unlikeliness of this movie feels very like Kirby esque and feels very true to the Eternals uh, at at large. And like that's kind of like that that like I guess like the comics like have never like really made it past like you know like. Uh, like a dozen plus, like a like a little more than a dozen issues, any like one series of Eternals. So it's like it's very obscure material, and it's not like obscure material hasn't lend it lended itself to being like really great blockbuster fodder in the past. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is all the proof that you need uh, that that was a, a highly obscure franchise uh before it became like uh or a highly obscure like comic book set of comic book characters before before it became a huge globe spanning franchise um something that maybe is like a little different for me is like guardians of the galaxy and like the lead up the marketing the trailer and then of course the finished product like oozed fun right like there was just like yes. fun and excitement and enthusiasm yes. that just like poured out of every orifice of that thing um and Eternals does not appear to be that. It's certainly not like evoking that for me. And not that it's like necessarily needs to be that by any stretch of the imagination. Like Dune is kind of like capturing the imagination right now worldwide. Uh, and that's not like a fun movie. Like that's not like a fun story, Dune. It's highly imaginative and like transportative and all of that stuff. And if Eternals can do that, then like, you know, Dianu, like that's all you need. Um, but it, for whatever reason... It's just not captured me yet. Um, I don't know. Am I am I alone on that, or are you feeling similarly? No, I'm feeling extremely similar, and I think part of it is the marketing isn't doing a lot. Um, I think with Dune, there was a ton of stuff that they tried to do to really push that movie, and it worked out for them. I mean, I look to say that if I if I were in charge of Dune, I would have been nervous, right? Like it's such a big space heavy thing that a lot of people generally don't respond to, especially because the marketing for Dune didn't really give you anything about what the movie is about. The yeah. difference is that there's a ton of people who goddamn love Dune and will talk your ear off about Dune. And so, like, you you have a built-in core. You have, like, a lot of stuff happening. You have information you can kind of gather. With the Eternals, like you said, it's so obscure for even Marvel that, like, other people can't even give you information. I could barely give you information, you know. Oh, I no. Well, then what are we supposed to do? How do we do this preview podcast? But like the thing is, it's up to then the movie to at least give you something. And right now, again, we don't even know what the plot of this movie is. Besides, yeah. I don't know. They're old and they come out of hiding yeah. for reasons. Uh -huh. yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like we're, we're really losing the, the, the thing to drive us to the theater, the interest. The other thing is, like you said, if you're not going to give us plot, you got to give us something else. Guardians gave us ragtag group. Guardians gave us humor. Guardians gave us weirdness. There was a lot in Guardians that I think could compel people and like interest them. All we've gotten 
from Eternals is just like somberness and just kind of like, look at these shots of these people. And I'm just like, okay, cool, I guess. But like, certainly if there's one feeling I don't want right now in this particular time of life, it's somberness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I think timing is weird. I think the, the attitude of it is weird. And as far as the preview goes, I mean, I basically just told you the deal. The Eternals are it's super old. Yeah. Super old. They have superpowers. Each of them has a different type of power from reality manipulation to speed to strength to eye lasers. Like each one has like a different shtick. Uh, they were granted their powers, if I'm not mistaken, by the Celestials. Uh, and they're on Earth, and their main bad guys in the Neil Gaiman comic book were called the Deviants, which was basically like old evil things, creatures. Yeah. There's the Eternals. The Deviants so, are on a watch list, right? Right, basically, yeah. right? The Deviants are like, you know, the galaxy's most wanted. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a space version. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. What was the dude's name in America's Most Wanted? Uh, Walsh? Something Walsh. Yeah, ah. wait, but I got lost because you were saying the space, were you saying the space version of John Walsh? There you go. I was going to think of a space version of John Walsh that <laughs> just comes out and talks about the deviants. Uh, all right. That's fun. Anyway. Um... <laughs> okay. That's but, like, cool. it's, 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 it's fine. Like, I, I just explained the Eternals, but it's really hard to also they're, land. They're ancient, ancient entities that have, have been, like, safeguarding the planet, but, like, in safeguarding the planet, their whole deal is, like, we're not doing anything. We're not getting right. involved, which is not like my favorite, favorite premise. Like this is also it's, like, it's not, this was explored earlier this year on Netflix's uh, short lived Jupiter's legacy based on the Mark Millar comic book, uh, where like literally their whole deal, those superheroes, even though they were like in the public eye. And that one was like, we don't get involved. That's rule number one. No one getting involved. No involvement. Everyone keep yeah. it cool. We just punch bad guys. We don't have political we stances we don't do x y or we z. don't stop war we don't like exert yeah. you know our like uh we, we we take no sides here uh every all sides deserve a chance and so like they they don't do anything and it seems like the eternals like kind of maybe have like a similar vibe except that they are like uh like centuries if not thousands of years old right and i think it makes it worse honestly it makes it worse especially because you we have a situation here and now <laughs> Now it's just like again, if, if you give us nothing, all we can do is like think about like what 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 we're shown, and the fact that they've been around for centuries, everyone has been like, why weren't they involved? Why didn't they do anything with Thanos? They literally Jon Snow, who knows nothing, asked, why did you guys get involved with Thanos? Uh, and they don't have an answer. Their answer is just like, well, we swore not to get involved, and it's just like, well, effing why? Yeah. And also it becomes like a why now is the question right because that's that's the thing it always becomes then the big thing about like there must be something really big that gets them involved now but if you're a viewer you're just like like goddamn what we've seen so much stuff at this point from the marvel universe we've seen people get a race out of existence we've seen time travel we've seen the multiverse we've seen venom's tongue licking tom holland's face we've seen so many there was things. a screen there was a screen <laughs> We've seen so many messed up stuff happen in this world. What could it possibly be that now compels them to come out? The end of the world? Buddy, we've seen it. We've seen it again and again. 
So, like, I think that's part of the issue where it's not hooking people because it's not giving us enough compelling reason in the trailers as to, like, why they're coming out. And it could be a big reason. It could be an awesome reason. It could be a reason that gets people to jump up in their seat and be like, oh, my God. But we won't know until we get there. And in order to get people into the theater, though, that's step one. I honestly think it'll do okay because it's a Marvel film. But... I, I feel like you were probably going to hit Black Widow, right? We're going to probably hit Black Widow area where it's like, it's it's uh, right after the pandemic, sort of after the pandemic. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that because that's no, yeah, you but know. it was during that period of time where we felt like we could go out. So Black right. Widow did pretty good numbers. I don't think it'll probably do as good as Shang-Chi because Shang-Chi had a lot going for it behind it, you know, going to hit those rep sweats. Um, but Eternals has some rep sweats, but it doesn't, have much else honestly and, and it's really tough so it's a really complicated one for me it's it's super complicated i'm gonna go watch it it's like one of those things where i'm just like well i'm not gonna not watch it sure of course but it hasn't got me excited i guess is the best way to put it it's uh the runtime is wild 156 minutes it's a long what? movie yeah 156 minute movie uh Jesus so strap in strap in Strap in for. I didn't uh, know that. That's you know, also rough. It's a long watch. It's a long watch. There are uh, ten main superhero characters in this movie. Uh, there's Cersei, Icarus, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh, Ajax, and Thena. And this isn't even mentioning Jon Snow. There's a lot of people in this movie. Uh, a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot of characters in this film uh, that are being introduced for the very first time with huge, huge amounts of backstory to cover. I'm excited to see, like, what does the Marvel Universe look like thousands of years ago? Because that is apparently, like, stuff that we will see. Um, But I also am, like, a little nervous of, like, you know, like... So, first of all, like, the pedigree behind this is, like... uh, relatively staggering and like worth mentioning like in addition to like all of those characters like just the amount of talent that is behind here uh like this is the angelina jolie marvel superhero movie selma hayek is in this movie um kumail nanjiani is in this movie uh the god the the king of the north is showing up uh you know uh brian tyree henry is is in this like kit harrington is in this movie and it is directed by uh, the most recent Oscar-winning director uh, in uh, Chloe Zhao. So, like the the like the firepower behind this is substantial and significant, and I'm psyched about all of that. I'm especially psyched about Chloe Zhao uh, and like trying to see like what did like sort of like those painterly landscapes of Nomadland. How does that apply to big budget blockbuster filmmaking? Is like something that I'm really really hyped for and really looking forward to checking that out in a theater. Um. It's just like, I don't know, like, I, I guess like I don't have like I don't have the connection to these characters. And I'm trying to like locate myself in like when Guardians of the Galaxy was coming up, like what was the thing that was like getting me sort of like hooked to Guardians and like that trailer, the whole like what a bunch of A-holes well, hooked on a feeling got you hooked. On yeah. A <laughs> so there's just like that hasn't really that hasn't really fully happened for me yet. And like I know that there's sort of like this epic storytelling quality to Eternals that we have to look forward to. But then like it also feels like. Well, they they keep like in like all of like the like the conversations about the movie like they are they're talking about them as superheroes and it just like feels like hard for me to like 
wrap my head around these characters, like these thousands of years old characters being superheroes, like a thousand year old Avengers effectively. Like I feel like I'm having a hard time understanding before I get into the theater, like who are these people? What are they all about? And so like the good news is the movie's got three hours, I guess to tell you, uh, so like, we'll find out the answer to that question, uh, I assume, uh, before, before too long, but there's just like a little bit of like a frosty divide between myself and Eternals right now that it sounds like you're feeling as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, other people are, are feeling it too. Um, and I think that like the thing that it might have going for it, that it's like a big, weird existential blockbuster its closest comparison is going to be Dune, which just came out and is like a big, weird existential blockbuster. Um, and I think like there's things about Dune that I loved and things about Dune. This is not a Dune podcast. We've got the Dune podcast available for you elsewhere in the Poster Recaps podcast feed. So make sure you check that out. You see that Dune review, go hit play. Uh, Grace, Ariel and Rich uh, did a great job talking about that film. But like, I don't know. I can't imagine that this is going to be as weird. Like, I just don't see it. Like, I don't see this being like, I think that like, because there's all of the, it's all connected man stuff that has to happen within the Marvel cinematic universe, which has frankly like post end game been like something that's been like a little bit tiring for me, a little bit fraying for me with some of this stuff that like, I'm, I'm both intrigued to see how this connects to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in another way, like I wish that this is something that could be like a little bit more standalone. And I don't know how standalone it'll be. Um, and I also kind of feel like this is the type of movie and the type of concept that like maybe don't throw this at us like so soon after Endgame. Granted, it's been years now, but like, you know, even like when it was initially planned, it would have been a shorter period of time. Um, like maybe not so soon. Maybe this is something we're building towards rather than we're just like trotting out the Eternals right now. We're just going to drop 10 cosmic ancient superheroes into your lap. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm a little down on it going into it, obviously. Like I'm just like not feeling like super, super psyched. I think the other thing is, is just it doesn't like from what we've seen, it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but Marvel. No, that like, could be a very good thing. Yeah, it could be a great thing. But they, they are positioning it like a blockbuster. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. The Dune trailers did absolutely nothing for me in the same yeah. way, because the Dune trailers were just like, hey, it's Timothy Chalamet's pretty face. And you're just like, cool. Um, but that's it. Right. Like space, a spaceship, desert. And I'm like, I have seen movies none of this looks interesting because it's just you're just showing me things that i have seen in my life um i live in los angeles i have seen sand yeah. uh, so like there's there's like parts of it where it doesn't do anything but dune has a hype train behind it because it has a history one of the most critically acclaimed you know sci science fiction books of all time like it had a previous movie that was like a you know like a crap show of of legendary proportions. Like there's a lot writing there. The Eternals have nothing, and like that they don't really have nothing, man. They're Marvel comics, you know. Like and it's part of the MCU. So like the hype train should be here. My question is like, why isn't it? Because it's connected but to the MCU. It, it should have some of that MCU hype, it, and I don't feel like there's a shit ton of it. That's the thing. It, it should have the MCU hype, but like everything now has the MCU hype in the MCU. So like, what's gonna make it stand out slightly further? And, like, it doesn't have the history. It doesn't have the compelling stuff. And also, 
again, the trailer feels like an. Uh, this is a weird thing to say. The trailer feels like an indie film in that the trailer is just like here's some mood, here's some atmosphere, and there's gonna be a lot of people talking. And then there's like the one action scene you got in the second one where you have uh the king of the north fighting a creature of some sort and eye blasting it and then you're just like oh, okay but it doesn't t- compel you to be like uh, he's okay he's, he's fighting a mon- monster i guess like what does that monster mean nothing it, the monster can't be the main bad guy because you, the monster has no emotion behind it because it's a growly monster you have one dude who is like holding angelina jolie's face saying the ominous thing that every bad guy always says about like you can't protect them yeah that's what you always say so like we don't even have a compelling villain it feels very indie in a weird way. And I think that's the other thing. When a movie as high budget as it is, that is essentially should be a blockbuster, feels like an indie film, there is a disconnect. And I think maybe that's part of it, you know? I'm not saying like that's it, but it could be a big part of it is just, it doesn't feel like the blockbuster it wants to tell us it is. Yeah. I think part of it for me is that uh, it was supposed to come out a year ago. And it's like, obviously not like anyone at Marvel's fault that it didn't. Right. (laughs) There were reasons why it didn't happen. Um, But it didn't come out uh, a year ago. And so like spent this like year in stasis um, and they rightfully like delayed, like promoting the movie. So like the, um, like the trailers were, you know, long in the making and, and stuff like that. And so like you couldn't even like catch a glimpse at it. So like I think like pro- probably a, a thing that like for people who like track this stuff relatively closely, like maybe like a thing that was like challenging was that like it was you knew it was coming, but like there were no real signs of life. And then like by the time that the signs of life are happening, like, I don't know, at that point, now we're back with like Wanda and Vision. Now we're back with. Uh, the new Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And now we're, you know, hanging out with all of the various loci. Uh, you know, like we're spending time with these people. Like we're getting ready to like hang out with the worst Avenger. I'm sorry, with Hawkeye again here pretty soon. Uh, you know, we've seen Black Widow at this point. Uh, and like, I don't know, like I feel like then like this comes out and it's, and it's, you know, maybe that there could be that there's tons of people who are just like hell yeah i'm ready for something totally new um and like we're just not giving voice to that so like i want to like stop down and be like you are out there for sure and like we're just being like total bummers right now uh and like i would love to get on the podcast now next week having just come out of the movie being like yo whoa eternals i mean honestly this is the best place for us to be <laughs> yeah my expectations are like really so really low. low they're really like, low you go in and you can be like oh this was cool you know like i, think I don't know what the hell i'm about to watch i have no idea i have like no sense of what i'm going to watch i actually do think when i think about it from that perspective like that's the most hyped that i'm getting it's like i don't know uh, it's gonna be like epic i guess and there's lots of like yeah, great actors I- in it and the filmmaker's awesome I feel like if if the early reviews were hype, we would probably be more hyped, right? Right. But it feels like the reviews have just been like, it's a movie, and we're right. like, okay. Some people it, seem it to have like, loved it, though. Like, some people seem to have loved it, and then other people seem to be like, it's a mess. Uh, I feel like it's if, like, where will we if, land will be interesting. If Shang-Chi is the Iron Man of this new phase, which it kind of is, this very well could be the Thor of this news phase, which huh. is going to be the place it's going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I like that comparison. I think that's interesting. 
Um, you got anything else you want to talk about with Eternals? Anyway, do you have like some plot theories? Do you want to give us some plot theories? I know that you talked about it on a previous podcast, but it's always worth resetting. Yeah, I mean, you know, my main my main plot theory about this does come from one of the few you know references of Etern- of Eternals existing in the comics, which is mainly from Earth X. I believe this was first introduced, which is essentially a story that takes place in the future Marvel universe. Um, and the big reveal is that the Celestials, who are these godlike beings um, that, uh, that 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 exist. They reproduce as you are find as you find out by essentially putting a seed uh, into a planet that seed gestates for a very very long time and then bursts out of the planet destroying the planet and a celestial is born. That's the big reveal that happened essentially in Earth X. Um, and the trailer, the second trailer, got me excited for Eternals because I was like, ooh, maybe that's the plot they're going with. The idea the Eternals are here because they're supposed to protect the gestating celestial. Thanos's snap essentially powers it so much that the earth is about to be destroyed because the celestial will be born from it and the eternals are deciding like you know what we like this place and we don't really want that to happen so we're going to turn against our creators and protect the earth that's my big theory right and i think that would be cool because that could lead to a lot of like things like galactus for example which i think would be awesome um you know a galactus could be a really really big reveal like a thing that could change the future of the marvel universe um and again i've avoided all spoilers so i don't know maybe something did happen which would be really cool but right now it doesn't feel like anything happened and it's kind of weird to be in a spot if shang chi really didn't have anything major happen if this doesn't have anything major happen black widow certainly did not have anything major happen when are we going to get something major happening and it probably won't be until spider-man and even then we're just kind of like okay well what does that mean so we're coming off of like it's a weird spot to be in. You, they really amped the stuff up to get to Endgame. They they made such a big thing, right? Like this huge deal, and they made a universe where we're compelled to know um, what's the big thing. What how does it all connect? Like how how you said. And if we're not given those, uh, if we're not given them, we, we sort of left in a like okay, well, we just got to keep trudging along. You know, it's hard to it, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, and unfortunately. They really released that genie with those 10 years of movies they made. So it almost feels like they're regressing back. Like, yes, this is phase four, but it's really feeling more like a phase one, um, which is an odd place to be for the MCU. Yeah, it is definitely strange. Uh, no, that's a different thing. That is a different thing. Any hype for uh, Kit Harrington, Dane Whitman? This is a, a character from Marvel Comics lore that could be the pretty Black fun. Knight? Uh, he's um, a superhero called Black Knight. Whether we, I don't think that we are getting full on Black Knight in Eternals, but Black Knight's a cool character. Maybe we should do a little more like talking about that next week. But just like getting Jon Snow in uh, the MCU and well, uh, getting especially Jon getting Snow him in the same and... movie with Rob Stark, exactly. that's kind of fun. That's, that is very fun. I like that part of it. I'm I excited about Man... the cast. Yes, the cast seems great. And I remember when they first announced Kit Harrington, I was so just like, oh, no, I think that's a misdirect. Why are they going to do the Black Knight? Which I still kind of am like, why are they doing the Black Knight? Uh, and I was just like, I feel like he should just be Richard Ryder. Have the no- have him be Nova. Have the Nova Corps come in. It connects to something we give a crap about. Um, but it seems like that's probably not the case. He's just going to be the Black Knight, which I'm like, all right. Like, you know, again, like... Marvel's really chooses to go down a list of lines of characters where you're just like, what letter are we on at this point? 
no shade to Black Knight fans. Black Knight's like, a core Avenger from like the classic days, right? Of like, yeah, you know, like 80s, 90s Avengers. Black Knight like is a huge part of that roster. I just, it's it's one of those things like, look, I know everyone has their fans, but it's just we like. We don't want like a oh, medieval man. Marvel movie. I want a medieval Marvel movie. That sounds fun. Uh, I mean, if they do 1602, which was also by Neil Gaiman, uh, maybe that would be fun. But those are X-Men more than anything else. <laughs> I think it could be good. Uh, but he's here. Who else am I psyched to see in the movie? I mean, I'm well, definitely excited to see Camille Nanjiani. For yeah, there have been some uh, remarkable interviews with him uh, recently. There was a really, really excellent profile in Vulture about um, like the way he transformed his body for the movie, and like a lot of like uh, a lot of the ways that that changed his life for better and for worse. Uh, you know, a lot of like the attention that came with it, and a lot of the ways that he's like. Uh, you know, a lot of like the like the the body conscious stuff that that he's been going through, like a really, really fascinating read. Uh, I, I was really connecting with that as somebody I'm, I'm like in like Mondo diet mode right now and stuff. So like it's all I think about when I'm off the podcast right now is just like my like my physical health and like some like transformative stuff that I'm trying to do over here. Uh, it was just like a really, really compelling read about just like, I don't know how horrible sometimes it could be to live in the physical world. <laughs> Like, you know, in the ways in which, like, you have to interact with people and people's expectations of you. And, like, uh, even a lot of the, like, you look great stuff can be, like, so triggering. Um, and it was it was really, really fascinating. Uh, I think uh, who who wrote that one? I think it was uh, e. Alex, uh, e. Alex Young at Vulture uh, is a really, really, really good piece. Uh, that interview with uh, with Kumail is just uh, exceptional. But I'm, I'm stoked to see him uh, from Silicon Valley to the MCU. Is yes. Pretty dope, Kevin. Yeah, ag agreed, right? Like, there's a lot, I think, the cast being the big thing that I'm excited for. And, like, that's the compelling part for me to see such a big cast, to see such a diverse cast is cool. It's just, yeah, the rest of it is just like, well, we don't know what we're getting in for. And what's weird is for such a big cast, like, Guardians, you got a lot of personality in those, in those trailers, right? You got a lot about the little pieces of what these characters are going to be like, but I really don't see personality in a lot of the characters yet, but I'm excited to find it. And I really hope that they have like really interesting, fun, unique personalities. You need to, to cast that big. Um, so I'm excited to discover that part of it. Uh, and I, from what I, I mean, just from the trailers though, I think the visuals are going to be cool, right? Uh, the visuals look like they're going to be very gorgeous. So there are stuff, and like you know, again, we're not trying to hate on this movie at all. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen and again, it. I do think great position to be in because we're, we're just kind of you know, like I don't know a lot of potential. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what I'm expecting. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the big thing. I think. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. We're gonna throw it to our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps. When we come back, we will talk about a whole mess of other stuff, including what if. We'll put a a, a bow on what if. Uh, we've got some uh, residual venom stuff that people want us to talk about, Kevin. Oh, all sorts oh, of good. of assorted chicanery coming your way right after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Kevin. Uh, we are back. Uh, have you thought about what if much since we last spoke? Um, well, I mean, we definitely fought against the villain of what if in our D&D uh, episode. So that was exciting. It was really lovely. Um, it was. It was that really was great. great. Um. I haven't thought a lot about what if, I will say, but that feels almost okay to me. Um, the big thought for me coming out of what if isn't even on that finale, because like I think the finale, while enjoyable, wasn't like my favorite. I do think about like the previous episodes, the one-off stories they did. I think that stuff is really fun and really cool. It, when I think about it, it is the it is the anticipation and excitement of more to come. It's the same way I feel after like seasons of Black Mirror, you know, like seasons or, or shows where, where it is that anthological style that I really enjoy. Um, that's the that's the, the the feeling I'm left with is is excitement for what's to come because I I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the way that they played with the worlds. I enjoyed the things they did. I'm not as I'm not as excited or thinking about the like crossover implication and all that other stuff for the finale. Like I'm not I'm not really like on my mind for it. But those 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 episodes they did those one off like well these at the time self contained episodes were were awesome. The visuals were really cool. The characters were dope. There's a lot of really really fun stuff I enjoyed in the series overall. It does rank high for me. I'd probably think about what if a little bit more than I've been thinking about like WandaVision, for example, you know, um, yeah. but that's me personally. Again, this was very much my, my, my style of show. This is very much what I wanted. Makes me long for quantum leap and sliders to come back. Somebody reboot that. And by somebody, I mean me, somebody pay me to reboot sliders and quantum leap please. All right. If we get uh 10,000 patrons of post show recaps, <laughs> go to patreoncom slash post show recap, support the arts. Uh, support Kevin's arts, patreon.com slash post show recaps, 10 K patrons, and we will reboot sliders. I think Sweet. that feels like the right amount of budget to like, I think, do I think that's like, correct. We'll do a comic the right step yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Step one. Um, the, uh, the behind the scenes on what if the Marvel studios assembled came out on Disney plus uh, today. Uh, and one of like the sort of like big breakouts that's coming out of it is this sort of provocative quote from Kevin Feige. Uh, this is uh, from uh, from Feige, who says in uh, the, uh, the the Marvel Assemble documentary, he says, I really believe the deepening fictional mythologies is a way to appreciate them more. Uh, it's a way to understand them more and look at them in a different way. 
Uh, we now have two seasons of What If Ideas underway because season two is currently underway. Uh, and that's uh, some of the best storytelling we've ever had that you may see spin into other mediums. Uh, that's the quote. Uh, it's some of the best storytelling we've ever had that you may see spin into other mediums. Uh, he goes on and says, really the most uniquely beautiful animated series I've seen in a long time. Kevin, that um, that you may see spin into other mediums is provocative. Very uh, provocative. What did, how do you take that? How do you take a line like that? Kevin Feige, King of the Mountain, coming down from on high and saying, this show rocked and you may see some of the stuff that we did here in other mediums. Uh, is this like, are we going to like get the, like the agent Carter, like Haley Atwell reboot, except instead of continuing agent Carter, it'll be captain Carter on Disney plus. I don't think we'll see the live action series. I mean, I think we can, we might see Jeffrey Wright as the watcher show up in Dr. Strange, right? Like, I want that very badly. I want I that mean, very badly. I feel like badly. that's the thing they could do here. Because and that's the thing I would like them to do. I would. This is just, this is this is the thing, and this isn't for what if. This is all of the Marvel TV stuff because we sort of said this before. Nothing has felt like it really has affected anything in terms of the broader Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because again, like we haven't gotten a Marvel Cinematic movie in a while. The ones we've gotten are very much their own thing. So it's just sort of just like okay, cool. And like part of the fun of the MCU and part of the potential of, of of them getting their own TV series to line up, right? Like have it all be Marvel Studios and not Marvel TV, not the Jeff Loeb group, but now Kevin Feige in charge of it, right? Is that it would feel connected in a way that it wasn't because like the Netflix stuff wasn't really connected. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't really connected. And so coming off of this, we felt like like it would be cool to have something major happen in a TV show that could affect something in a major way. And we haven't really gotten that yet. And there's certainly people who are screaming, like, well, Wanda might be evil and like Vision is another one. Yeah, sure. We'll see that in maybe, a, you know, another eight months to the point which would have been a year after any of that did anything, you know. Yeah. So like there's 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 a level of like we haven't really felt ramifications. And I really would like that. And so. Him saying that this stuff could tie in to the MCU, to the movies, I think is really great. We know it's sort of going to happen because we're already predicting that um, um, uh, Miss Marvel is going to show up in uh, the Marvel's uh, yeah. movie. Right. So there's there's elements there that will come eventually, but that's also characters showing up. I just want something like interesting and something big. I think that's what I'm missing, I guess. I haven't felt anything big from the MCU. And I think the two years really made it feel a lot longer. Cause yeah. like we didn't get anything and we're still not getting anything. We still probably won't for a minute, but it would be awesome to like, look, if, if, if captain Carter did show up in live action, that'd be amazing as goddamn hell. Like I would love that. You know, that'd be really cool. And honestly, I necessarily don't even need that. Other mediums could be like, they could launch a like, what if video game? And I'd be like, in, in you know 100%. What? I mean, I like, think you know? this is the stuff that we are saving for the back half of this podcast, right? Let's get into this. Where's the Marvel Cinematic Universe video game? You know, we've got like the, we've got the well, Avengers game. One, well, they, they made the, weird. What was the, it wasn't the Avengers Square Enix game. Yeah. 
No, that wasn't MCU though. Like that was. Oh the no, whole that wasn't point. MCU. But that was a weird game, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they well, tried to make right. them look like the MCU. Versions, right, which... right, right, right. There's like some uncanny valley shit that's going on there. But like, where is the video game that exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Why has that not happened yet? And Plus what does that game do, look like? Though, right? I, I, I think that's the question. What does that game look like? Because like you have to make a game. We got also... the voice cast for so many of these people, Kevin, for uh, for what if? And even when they couldn't get the original actors, they like still had Tony Stark with a major role. They would just have a different person playing Tony Stark, or like Lake Bell as Natasha, like. Can they not do like an Avengers Lost Years video game? Uh, is that going to dilute the brand? I want to play the MCU game. I think that's Kevin. what they're afraid of. I want to. I really want to. But I think they're afraid because like the MCU is so precious with its continuity and everything that if you make a video game and it's canonized, you know, it could become like too much of an issue for them. Uh, especially like an open-ended game is impossible because you can't make choices that would affect the MCU. It just wouldn't happen. But yeah. I don't I don't care. Give me a game that is just playing the MCU. Give me a game that starts with like the Avengers forming and I play each Avengers movie leading to Endgame. Give me that. I'm yeah. in, you know. Oh, I don't that would need be a wild. Infinity Saga the video game would be right? crazy. Right? Imagine that. That'd be awesome. And I think what if is a way for them to have things where you can play these other universes where you could have video games and like really F around with the world because it wouldn't destroy the precious continuity, quote unquote. And so I think like something like that would be really awesome. Like have the video game of this multiverse team up, right? Like have that you can play, like people can choose the different characters from the multiverse and play through a story. That'd be pretty fun. I think give me fun. Captain Carter. I'm going to run around as Captain Carter. It's going to be great. It would be cool. It'd be great. I, the Captain Carter video game would be really cool. Uh, like, I think that kind of stuff would be really, really That would really be fun. awesome. Make I, that video game. I think like, I, but I, I think that like, what if the video game is a really cool idea that like, even like sort of like uh, breaks the concept even further, right? Of like, you have like in in the comic books, you know, you're you're reading these Elseworld stories. I know that's DC. Uh, you're getting that in uh, in the the television version of it, and it's intersecting with the MCU. Like the next like logical progression of that does feel like the premise of like what if you chose differently? Like what if somebody made one choice differently than than they did in like the MCU proper? Uh, look at all these other things that like butterfly effect out from that. Like the next logical progression of that is like to put that choice in our hands for sure. Like we should be able to what if the MCU. I'm all in on what if the uh, the video game. I think it would be remarkably rad. Yeah, and I think uh, at this point, Marvel does have their own video game studio branch. I think um, there was one long ago. It shut down. And now they've licensed out stuff, right? Like, hence the Square Enix game. I mean, the masters of the of the Marvel video games right now is Insomniac. Like those those two Spider Man games that have existed, the Spider Man and Spider Man Miles Morales are both goddamn incredible. And announced a second one is coming, or I guess a third one. But the next story in line is coming, and I am hyped about that. And Insomniac also announced they're doing a Wolverine game. I am less excited about the fact that it's Wolverine, but I am 
excited as Insomniac doing after what they did with Spider-Man. So, like, if you're telling me, like, if Insomniac is going to do something like that, I'd be really pumped about it. I don't want to distract from their main stuff. But you also got to find the right company, right? I think even with this new studio, if, if I'm not mistaken that they have, they're untested yet. So I'd be really interested to see what they can produce. But I would be here for it to, like, have it exist and have it look good and have it be awesome. 100%. 100 yeah. percent, i would love that uh some of the feedback that we got when we said we were going to do the feedback show were a lot of reactions to the episode um so we'll read a few of them here real quick this was from sean sean said i enjoyed the episode uh but for some reason the finale is ending it didn't hit for me and i can't quite explain it um it felt a little rushed i think we talked about that um when we did the podcast of like uh like because like, you know, like them as a group was only going to be together for so long. I think that that was part of the issue is like you have like the entire, you know, two hour runtime of Avengers to see those characters interact while 30 minutes may be enough, Kevin, to um, to like tell a complete story about like a small set of characters and like one real idea. I think like the crossover event, the finale probably needed like a second episode like it probably it needed to be like a two-parter uh like i think that that one half hour time span because then like when killmonger makes his move like it just doesn't really like land as hard because like he hasn't had time to like interact with like uh t'challa star lord like we haven't seen like killmonger's move is like the first thing that you get out of killmonger in the finale basically like I do think that the finale still uh for me is the is one of the weaker episodes of the of the season. Like not the weakest, but like among the weaker episodes of the of the first run of the show. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. Um I my main thing is like I, I think I said this, I just it didn't feel earned. It was a wrong time to do the crossover like this. They they should have waited till like the end of next season, could have add more interest, it could add more characters instead of like doing the like well, yeah, you're just gonna unite all the characters we saw, so you, you, there's nothing shocking here, you know. So I think that's part of the problem. Uh, but the action was great, the characters were great. There was a lot of great stuff, but it didn't hit as hard for me. It didn't land for me, um, and I know it landed for quite a few people. But you know, I'm a, I don't know, I'm an a hole. I, <laughs> I'm a buzzkill. What a bunch of a holes. What a bunch yeah. of a-holes. Uh, the incredible Professor Strunk uh, had written in as well. And Strunk said, I enjoyed the finale. I think I'm less positive than most are overall. As a measure, I'd give it a 6 out of 10, uh, said Strunk. Strunk said, the two questions that I have are, one, did we need this cross-multiverse plot? Because the thing I, I had been enjoying the most about What If was precisely that each episode explored something totally unconnected from everything else. The other thing is, does, this, does the crossover psychologically cheapen in the mind of an MCU viewer the stakes in the MCU? It was cool to see a cross-multiverse team up in animated form, but the stakes of the finale were as high as they could ever possibly get, i.e. the entire multiverse was on the line. It took 21 movies to get us to Endgame, and that only involved the fate of one universe. Here, it was the fate of the multiverse, and it took less than one hour. Am I getting at anything of worth, or am I just being a curmudgeon? Uh, and again, I enjoyed it, and I hope you all enjoyed it more than me, said Strunk. Um, that's an interesting point, um, that the stakes are so high uh, for the What If finale. And this is an in-continuity show. Uh, yeah. the, the stakes well, are imagine... enormous. 
imagine to just do this for Doctor Strange and we have to watch two and a half hours of this happening and you're just like, these other guys did it in like 20 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the other multiverse people did it in 20. It's sort of like when we saw Vision cut Thanos in half and we're just like, well, when the hell? You know, there's yeah. like, it's a very similar way when you make the stakes of something like this. It's just like, well, you can't do that again without us immediately comparing to like, you know, hey, these guys suck. These other guys did it real quick. Yeah, this is definitely why I think like this should have been like at least season two. Like you gotta you gotta push this a little further yeah. down the road. Uh, like we would have been able to handle a final episode of Marvel's What If that was just like every other episode up to that point, uh, completely standalone. Like don't have Ultron show up at the end of the Thor episode. It's a weird little like cliffhanger at the end of an of an otherwise ridiculous like Animal House style romp. Um, don't like show us like the whole Ultron thing with the like you could show us the Ultron thing with the Watcher in like some version of that and like have like uh the Watcher's like um you know like his like his anxiety over the fate of the multiverse be an episode I think is totally fine. Um, but I think like this for me I I, I think I agree with Strunk uh that like it does feel like that is a really sky high like obliterating sky high stake uh that we're setting up here. Uh, by the end of this first season of the show that when you like apply that broadly to like the rest of the MCU is like, and especially because like, I don't know, well, maybe, maybe like one of the reasons why it's like not that big of a deal is like, this definitely does feel like what if was like pretty handily the least buzzed about um, Marvel cinematic universe project of the year thus far. And it's been a very healthy year with a lot of MCU properties. Um, And I think what if, with a bullet was the one that you heard the least about. It's because like, it's animation. It's I mean, because straight, it's animation. straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like maybe people aren't like, you know, maybe people aren't like thinking about it as like this doesn't count. You know, it might be like a little bit of a vibe. Um but that this was fun from uh, the upright man who wrote in. The upright man says there's been some confusion about just where the, uh what the stone where the stones do and do not have power where the stones do and do not have power. In the comics, the stones are powerless outside of their home universes. In Loki, the stones are powerless within the TBA. But in Endgame, the time heist technically takes the Avengers to alternate universes, and the stones work just fine when taken to the time of the final battle. Um, In What If, Ultron hops realities and lays them to ruin, so clearly the stones have some power when not in their own universe. According to the showrunner, the stones are only able to affect things in and of their reality. So while not in his home reality, Ultron could only enhance himself and his weapons, greatly limiting his effectiveness. This is why the Guardians of the Multiverse were able to contend with him long enough to take the Soul Stone. Then when they took the Soul Stone, they retreated to Ultron's original reality. This gave him full access to the power of the stones, but being short of the Soul Stone, he no longer had snap capabilities. This all works pretty well to logically explain how this team could stand toe-to-toe with what is otherwise a multiversal threat, but it's yet unclear how this explanation meshes with the events of Endgame. Uh, the upright man concludes by saying, but it's what if, so the Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000 mantra is in full effect. It was a fun ride. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. That's a, that's a, that's a great uh, summation of the theory about how this could work, and I believe it. Uh, but yeah, it's what if we, we have... if if. If we if we have to accept Vision could have just cut Thanos in half to begin with, uh, we can accept the fact that the stones just work as the plot dictates. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, we're going to now talk about Venom. 
unless you have anything else that you want to say about what if before we move on from what if. Uh, no, I'm pretty good on what if. Just give me more. I hope it comes. I hope the next season comes sooner. I, a year is a long time away, and it is. you know, hopefully, we'll be here at that point. But oh my uh, gosh, what if we were still around? Uh, I don't want to think yeah. about that. <laughs> I don't particularly want to think about that. Uh, so let's talk about Venom. Venom two. So Venom two spoilers, folks. If you have not yet seen Venom, let there be carnage. Uh, either stop the podcast Don't. until you see it or follow Kevin's advice. Um, speaking of which, Bram uh, had written and said, Kevin's take on the movie was delightfully cathartic to listen to. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to, spo- well, you know, we're going to talk about things fairly openly as far as Venom 2 spoilers go. That's the warning. It's happening. Um, yeah. Bram says Kevin's take on the movie was delightfully cathartic to listen to. I still kind of can't believe the Venom franchise is a thing that not only exists this way, but is now meant to be a part of the MCU in some fashion. Uh, to answer the question posed by Josh, I don't remember raising a question. It's been so long, folks. Uh, I think Sony wants Spider-Man to be the antagonist, in quotes, of Venom 3, a lot more than Marvel cares for Venom to be a part of their Spidey movies. If I had to guess, I'd say there will be no mention of Venom in No Way Home, but plenty of mention of No Way Home in Venom 3. I'd imagine Marvel doesn't want Sony potentially diluting the brand, while Sony very much wants people to think their movies count as much as any Marvel product. So my money is on Spider-Man as a major character in Venom 3, Venom versus Spider-Man, and we get at most a tease of Venom in No Way Home in like a mid credit scene or something to throw Sony a bone. Uh, yeah, because we now need to start thinking about like, again, spoilers. So the ending of Venom 2 uh, ties Venom, the Tom Hardy Venom to the Tom Holland Spider-Man. They are now existing in some, they're occupying some sort of same universe somehow. We don't quite know what that's all about. Um, and like, I, I mean, guess we, we, we kind of do. If, we kind of do. Ever, if there was ever a moment of Sony straight up telling Marvel, we don't give an F about your universe. It is spoiling No Way Home in the post credits of Venom. Like very clearly Sony does not give a damn about Marvel. <laughs> and just like just just give us just give us the spider-man we're gonna take him we're gonna take him we're gonna gonna take all the spider-man come here come here spider come here like that's what's happening but i i think that uh this is a good prediction that like you'll get like the tom holland will be on the poster with tom hardy and venom 3 well yeah Uh, because they're gonna be in their same universe and it's gonna be separate from the marvel universe we're gonna lose spider-man yeah we we need to start processing now because it's gonna be it's gonna be a long long hard time to process if we don't start right now sure that that is what's gonna happen and i just don't want people to end up in the in the really sad state that they're gonna be uh when it happens to us at the end of no way home yeah Torby uh, offers this to us. Torby says, this is how I view the potential of a Venom 2 ending. Uh, My main solace comes from the notion that they didn't try to log jam the first two films into the MCU and pretend that he and everyone had always been there. And so with that, the ending does seemingly eliminate the idea that Holland is getting one more date out of the MCU. If I had to guess, most of the the main multiverse folk will be back in their universes by the end of No Way Home. Uh, but that Venom is going to pop up for the first time in the post credit scene to set up whatever they do together. So the big question for me is how involved Marvel Studios would be in the Spider-Man and Venom 
crossover. Um, so I think like Torby's view of this is that like they won't have Venom in uh, the next Spider-Man movie until like the end of the movie. And so that like now it's like Venom who's like leaking into the MCU rather than Spider-Man leaving the MCU and winding up in the Venom universe. But it's really a it's a it's a it's a protective measure for you, Kevin, that you wanna you wanna like just like bolster yourself for the possibility and in, indeed the likelihood that Tom Holland is leaving this place. Well, I feel like there's only two real possibilities. Uh, the two possibilities are Tom Holland is gone from the MCU and exists in the Sonyverse, and the other possibility is. The universes are fused and Venom is part of the MCU. Both of those sound pretty terrible to me uh, because the ideal circumstances is what we're both wishing, which is Tom Holland exists as Spider-Man in, in, in the MCU and like a different Spider-Man exists in the Sony-verse. I don't think that's likely. Uh, that would be a best case scenario. I just don't think it's, it's, it's a possibility. Um, so... You kind of got to hope for one of the other two. And I think mileage varies. Which one do you prefer? Do you want Venom's long tongue all over the MCU? Or do you want Tom Holland over in the Sony-verse? Uh, it's a real, it's, it's a real uh, uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy choice. I don't yeah. know how to describe that. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Uh... God, I think I want I I I guess choose Joshua <laughs> <laughs> your precious Tom Holland or suffer the franchise. <laughs> uh I think let's keep Tom Holland. Bring Tom Hardy and Venom into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, let's do that one. Uh... Let's do that. I don't want to lose Tom Holland. I don't want to lose Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. Come on, on Spider-Man. Spider <laughs> Come on, Peter. Come on, Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I don't want to lose He's that. He's so good. He's so good. I don't want to lose it. But also, I think the whole thing is dumb. And I'm trying to, like, not be, like, mad about it. But also, I don't know what it looks like. So I don't know what to be mad about yet. All I know is that uh, sometimes Venom cracks me up. Sometimes that character is hilarious. Sometimes I think they get him right. And then, like, other times they just have, like, the sloppiest, worst CGI uh, heavy action scenes that I've seen in a blockbuster in a very long time. And, like, I don't want to have to watch a lot of that. Um, but I don't know. Bad news for you. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. Well, let's move away from Venom. And as we start wrapping up, um, why don't we look a little bit ahead? So, like, we've got Eternals coming next week. That's what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to do our Eternals full spoiler deep dive. I think we'll try to, like, do, like, a, a spoiler-free review at the top for the people who aren't making it out to the movie theaters right now. Um, and then we'll do the full spoiler deep dive within all within the same podcast. That's what's next for the podcast uh, here on Everything is Super. But we're not far away from getting back into the weekly MCU TV show grind. Uh, Hawkeye is on the way, Kevin. Hawkeye. Um, uh, are you, where are you at with Hawkeye hype? The trailers have been coming out. Have you been paying attention to those? No, you know my philosophy. Uh, you which watched, really did you watch actually... any? Did you watch any of them? No, which really should, uh, I think, 
say where I am on it, right? Like I'm I'm in on Hawkeye. He's not my favorite Avenger, but like it's something I'm pretty interested in, especially with uh Haley uh Seinfeld as um as Kate Bishop. Like that's enough for me, right? And certainly I do I have seen posters, so I do know the influence of the Matt Fraction uh David Aha comic. Um so like that stuff gets me pretty excited for it. So I am definitely interested. And my philosophy is usually if I'm interested, I won't watch the trailers. Um so I think that speaks to like me being all in on the Hawkeye uh TV show. I'm excited about it. Uh I I bought the uh the Matt Fraction uh and David Aha comic book run. Um that uh that is like a very celebrated run of hawkeye uh and i'm gonna try and read as much of it as i can before the hawkeye show um when we're done with eternals we are basically gonna start shifting into hawkeye mode um i think that we've got like one thing that we have our eye on in between um more details on that as they are uh worth sharing we're not quite there yet uh, but there's a there is a little bit of an event that is happening in between Eternals and Hawkeye that I think like we are going to want to be uh, a little bit nimble for, uh, though our takes may be like slightly late uh, because I believe around the time that we would be recording this podcast, one of the hosts of this podcast will be celebrating a birthday. Uh, not going to spoil which one, but it's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Uh, not yet. Not yet. But get your early birthday uh, wishes into Kevin. Uh, we're, you've or got time. Curses, whatever you're feeling. You've got time, but not a ton of it. Uh, so uh, get that stuff ready. But we are going to be like going straight from Eternals to Hawkeye. And that's going to be really fun. And then there's also going to be Spider-Man to deal with during all of that. So it's been like the last couple of months, I feel like have been like a little odd. Uh, like I like I have like really, really, really loved what if specifically. And I know that you did, too, Kevin. Um, and yet I feel like a lot of like Marvel fans and superhero fans like maybe ignored it or put it off, like waited. They haven't done it yet or maybe just aren't going to do it at all. And that's a little bit of a bummer to me because I think it was really, for the most part, pretty high quality. Um, but I think that most people are going to be watching Hawkeye and we're for sure going to be watching Hawkeye and we're going to have a butt ton of stuff to say about it. And I'm really hyped about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be good to get back into a lot of that stuff. Um, especially things that feel, I guess, connected to theoretically to the Marvel uh, universe. I feel like Hawkeye is going to be probably akin to the uh, Marvel Netflix stuff, a little more grounded, I think. Um, just by virtue of the character, a little more street level, especially again based off that specific run, um, which is going to be cool. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know, maybe a Daredevil would show up. Imagine that world. Justice Arms, Kevin. Justice Arms. Justice Arms. Justice Arms. Uh, Justice for Daredevil's Arms. Um, All right, so that's going to do it here. We will be back next week talking Eternals. That's going to be next here on the Everything is Super podcast. Uh, get your feedback in. If you see Eternals, you have until like Sunday afternoon on the East Coast, I would say, uh, to to get your feedback in. Uh, November 7th on the East Coast uh, afternoon. Super at postshowrecaps.com. That's going to be the way to get it done. Um, Kevin, people can uh, hear the Why Ah podcast in the patron feed of Post Show Recaps uh, at patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Sign up at any level. Uh, get that podcast feed uh, where you and uh, Melissa just talked about Halloween Town, 
Yes, the Disney Channel original movie Halloween Town. That was a real fun. I feel one like I'm seeing about. a lot of people talking about Halloween Town, and it's I a don't huge. I don't huge know what movie. it is. It I've is never heard it is of a it. Before. Disney Channel original movie from the '90s. Uh, I didn't. I knew of it, but it was it was beyond my time uh, when I was. Uh, you know, I, I was already I think too old to to have hit that one. But I knew it was beloved. I saw it for the first time like last year because my fiance knew it and we watched it for the Halloween time. It is a very weird, strange, cute movie, but like pretty good. Honestly, I, I see why there's a hype around it. It's nowhere near the level of Hocus Pocus, but it's that style of like, I think, belovedness behind it. And so uh, we ended up doing that because people requested it so much. So uh, you can check that out, and I hope you enjoyed it. We had a blast watching it. We had a blast talking about it. So it's a fun one for sure. Okay, check out the Halloween Town recap in the Post Show Recaps patron feed, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Uh, November 1 is on its way, folks. Perfect time to sign up, uh, support the podcast if you're enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast and many others, and there are so many others. We have so many podcasts available for you for all of the different shows that are out there right now. Uh, whether you like the superhero stuff or more than the superhero stuff, we've got succession coverage, insecure, curb your enthusiasm. Uh, Kevin, I heard that you've been uh, campaigning for uh, a spot on the curb your enthusiasm podcast. You want to swing through uh, and talk some LD? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right. We'll, uh, would be we'll my see what we can do. On that. <laughs> Work on your uh, your pretty, pretty, pretty good between now and whenever oh, we okay. have you on. I'll, I'll work hard on it. Yeah, work on that if you can. It's not <laughs> That's not quite ready for showtime. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not John Hamm level. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Were you a COVID hoarder, Kevin? Oh, <laughs> no, I am not a COVID you order. You aren't a COVID order? Because oh, people need that stuff, man. Uh, not it's, okay. I Yeah, that I, I could I could talk forever about that show. I yeah. my, my biggest my biggest thing, which should be probably, if you listen to this podcast, surprise to goddamn no one, is how much I agree with Larry on so many <laughs> subjects. Oh, like, God. just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, we have a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. Uh, I think it is likely that you will hear from Kevin on that podcast at some point in the in the the over the course of season 11. Uh, Dexter, New Blood, Latanya Starks, and I are taking that for a spin. Kevin is making a face right now that you can't see because this is a podcast and it's not a visual medium. But I, the thing that I could try and... Uh, uh, grok the look from kevin i think it's a what are you two doing i think is kind of the, <laughs> <laughs> sort of the vibe <laughs> why would you choose such like why would you choose pain <laughs> yeah we've uh i believe it was uh it was the great kirsten mckinnis on uh the rob has a podcast uh, uh off topic facebook group who responded to me when i posted the dexter podcast there uh, Kirsten said, Josh, I wish you loved yourself more, <laughs> which is really, really, really funny. Look, someone's got to do it. It's going to be us. Yeah, that's the follow up. Uh, no, uh, but, uh, you know, it's happening anyway. So a lot of podcasts are happening right now. Community building is back. 
there's the X-Files coverage on the Bloom Files, 24 coverage on Worst Day Ever. Uh, the Yang in there podcast is barreling towards the finish on season three, a.k.a. the final season of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, with Lost on Down the Hatch, we're barreling towards the end of the final season of the show, too. So a lot of things are happening on Post Show Recaps. Some uh, comings and goings uh, going on right now. Really, really fun time. Uh, so check it all out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with Eternals coverage. Hit us up, super at postshowrecaps.com. Talk to Kevin on the Twitter, at Kev Mahadeo. I'm at Round Howard. We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.